0: Welcome to the Inner Dominatrix podcast, the show that gets you stepping into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. And today, I have a sexy guest on board. You are going to love her. She is electric. Her and I had a conversation not too long ago and really clicked. I love where she's going. I love her energy. And we just had to bring her on so that I could bring you another slice of somebody else who's living authentically and really showing up in a in a bold way. So this girl has got this Violet Butterfly deal going on. So she talks about people's stories, their relationships, and she talks all about sex. And she's demystifying sexuality, removing the taboos, and talking about all the stuff that goes along with sex and alternative relationships. So of course I had to bring her on. Hello. (laughs) Welcome, Alexa. Thank you, Miss Dana. Yeah. And I forgot to ask you how to pronounce your last name. Is it Martinez? It is Martinez. Okay, so Alexa Martinez. Whoa. welcome, welcome, yay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was really excited because I, I do say that, you know, it's like there's a there's a real strength, a um, strong connection between what you and I are doing. Like I'm, I'm really bringing out this dominatrix piece and it's in people's face, it's bold, and the whole piece of sex is very bold, but you're bringing in, I love that you're bringing in more of a you know, the energy, the spirituality and and people getting in touch with who they are via sex. So it's not raunchy and, and, you know, just sex for the sake of sex, but like, how do we actually empower ourselves with that? So yay. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> i know um, even as you say it i'm like yes 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 you know? yes that, more of <laughs> that like yes a, an orgasmic build
0: to <laughs> <laughs> tease everybody yeah. yeah um so i i'm just so curious because like you grew up in new orleans which um yeah. you know the deep south is not exactly an area that we think of as being sexually open
1: right <laughs> so, you know, did you have fun with that? Well, <laughs> even as you say it, don't, well, the thing is, is that New Orleans, if you especially if you visit it now, New Orleans itself is pretty out there. It's pretty open. You're going to see all flavors, all mm-hmm. different slices of life. You know, within just a few blocks. But I grew up probably 15 minutes, a, a little bit farther south. The New Orleans, the city itself. And really, if you go just 10 minutes, five minutes even outside of that major, you know, the major metropolitan area even, it it is completely the other side of the coin. Uh, uber conservative, very, very, um, I would say... <laughs> on the Republican side, I'm just going to go out and say it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We can be yeah. we
1: can be politically
0: incorrect. I'm in Canada and you're not in the U.S. right now. so <laughs>
1: Right, right. Well, you know, the erotic mind is not politically correct or religiously accurate or any of those things. Um, so, and it can go on and on and on. But yes, I did. I grew up there and I didn't really have sex education except for what was uh, required in school and uh, Louisiana is a state that is abstinence only. That's the mandate. Um, so that was the education that I got, other than what I searched for, you know, in my textbooks and things like that. And I also wound up having about two thirds of my schooling as a whole was a, a Catholic environment. So to my elementary school was Catholic, uh, my college was Catholic, you know, before I, I went on to the major university. But that was my upbringing, was conservative and religious. And I felt very out of place with a lot of my thoughts. I get, I, I held on to that Catholic guilt that a lot of people talk about um, from a very, very young age. And I didn't know, I didn't even think about like how to communicate it, how to, you know, everybody just assumed this is the way that it is and there is no other way. You know, that brought on a lot of guilt in my relationships. It brought on a lot of discomfort. It, it harbored my communication, you know, with myself, with my, you know, whoever I was dating at the time, with my family. You know, it's, it's interesting to, to be in love with where your home is and love that familiarity, but then also just have a deep disdain as you get older and you see the rest of the world. It's just an incredible dynamic. Um, I, I'm actually in Eastern Europe now, and I am longing for home. And, you know, my, my mom and uh, my boyfriend said to me, yeah. But you know, as soon as you get there, you're going to want to run again. It's kind of in my blood now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I spent six years on a cruise ship. So I, I love moving, but and I really, the only thing that I, one of the only reasons I think that I shed a lot of the, you know, sexual taboos and a lot of that like deep Southern constructs, um, I was able to shake it was travel. I really think that that's one of the, the main things that, that helped me to see the light. And a lot of really awesome sex that was away from where I'm from. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, there's something freeing about, you know, being somewhere that people don't know you. And so you get to explore, who do I want to be? And and trying on different things, because there there aren't the people to lock you into, this is who I am.
1: Yeah, I love that whenever I was uh, working on a ship, because I did, I was on 19 different Contracts or 19 different vessels whenever I started working on luxury cruise ships. um, I was working for a department. I got to be the manager. I made quite a bit of money for a single chick, no overhead. And when I walked onto a ship, you know, all I had was my attire, I suppose, and like my necessities and me, and then whatever, whoever I wanted to be. So each time I changed a vessel, it was a whole new group of people that I needed to get to know very, very quickly. And they knew none of my stuff from the past. They didn't know who I was as a little girl. They didn't know who I was, you know, through college. They didn't know who I was on the vessel before unless they were, you know, on there too. Right. Which had happened a couple of times. But but yeah, you got to just embody. It was like constantly role-playing. But, you know, you have your own essence. But, you know, but still you get to change that dynamic.
0: Yeah. I love it. And, and you said you've been to 78 different countries now.
1: Yes. <laughs>
0: That's incredible. How many countries are there in the world? Is like 200 and some odd?
1: Yeah, I think just over 200, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I've been to quite a bit. I did a lot of it all in a very short amount of time. It's about 30% of the world.
0: Yeah, that's that's an incredible amount of diversity to explore and be exposed to. And, you know, you and I have touched on the idea that, you know, it's like the U.S. is, is unfortunately the vast majority of them are not exposed, you know, so many of them don't even leave their own zip code, let alone leave the country, oh, right? And yeah, yeah, so to have exposure to all this diversity, I don't know, I think that that can't help but to lead you to open your mind a little more to what is beyond your own doorstep.
1: Absolutely, and even as you say that, it's so exciting to hear, you know, the whole idea of travel when people are wander lusting. You know, when you say lust, you typically think of, you know, you're lusting you in a sexual capacity and you wander lust, even as you describe, you know, the whole concept of travel. And I think about what travel has done for me, you know, leaving the U S and exploring it did give me an extra, uh, little sprinkle of sexual energy, if that Mm. makes sense, like If I think about my experiences leaving home and then what I was able to achieve as far as my personality and kind of breaking through a lot of my social and familial and religious barriers and the constructs, that turns me on, you know, movement and expansion. it's, It's a very creative and sexy energy. It is. I love it, which is, which is a big part of where you and I connect too, right? Because it's, it's
0: that, yeah, it's like to be busting through those barriers and trying new things on and, you know, just not being limited by what you think you are today, and being able to just explore something new.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every, every new territory, every new location, you get to be, you know, not just like for me, I was on different ships, but It's, you know, every new location, it's a whole bunch of other people like their, their idea of what is right and wrong is completely Mm. different to what you grew up with. And that is a very, very quick, like sobering effect and also a reality check. And that whole perception is reality thing. Yeah. and You go, I'm the only one that has this reality right now. (laughs) i am the fish out of the water so you know when in rome do like the romans do (laughs) which apparently they don't like that saying probably (laughs) not so don't say that (laughs)
0: saying in rome (laughs) a friend of mine went to rome (laughs) yeah i was i was told that don't say that in rome they really get offended
1: (laughs) no yeah that and and you know what i've noticed too there's certain things like, like I went to, Oh, this is the complete, uh, not anything related to what I do or anything, but <laughs> a little bit of the travel stuff is, you know, I got, I thought I was clever thinking that when I traveled around, I would take these cool pictures of, you know, when you have like a, a white Russian, it's got Russian in yeah. the title, you know, you get your drink. And so yeah. you, um, does it, because you're in Russia when you have the white Russian, does it just make a, it a white? and if you are um, in Singapore and you have a Singapore sling, is it just a sling? (laughs) So I went to Ireland and I went to the bar and I thought I was so clever. And I said, I'd like an Irish car bomb. And I thought the guy behind the counter, I thought the guy behind the bar was going to smack me. (laughs) And then I went, Oh, that is not a nice thing to ask for here. (laughs) Because there's actual car bombs. That's like an actual thing. Yeah, it felt super American and naive <laughs> at that time. I was like, I'm gonna take my Baileys, my Jameson, and you know, I'm, and my Guinness beer, and I'm gonna go sit in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, not, I'm just never gonna do that again.
0: <laughs> at least you're not the typical American who's just like, you know, well, what, what, what,
1: what's your problem? Oh, God. No. And the sad part was that I had gone on an all-day tour where I learned about that stuff earlier in that day. Oh, dear. Yeah, <laughs> You didn't apply it. Oh, that's embarrassing. You know, just yeah. that alcohol and then it got a little mm. better. I was very apologetic. After
0: <laughs> 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 Good for you. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, those make the funny stories, right? When we go out there and put our, our foot in our mouth, and it's great when we can laugh at ourselves. And I think that speaks volumes to how much internal work you've done the ability to own it, and the ability to laugh at yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That comes in handy in sexual uh, scenarios as well.
0: Yes, because uh, sex is often awkward, bumpy, and humorous, extremely humorous. You really have to be able to laugh at it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Because Especially whenever you get into things that are not not vanilla, anything that's not vanilla, um, (laughs) if you're doing it for the first time, chances are something is not going to go quite as you in your mind, right? Your imagination is where, and your fantasy is really where the excitement comes from. And a lot of times that stuff doesn't really play out.
0: (laughs) Yes. I always remember lots of people when I was first getting into the King community and they'd say, you know, some things are just better left in your fantasy because they just don't execute very well. (laughs) (laughs)
1: and you can't just go well I saw it in porn one time because they may have tried that scene six other times (laughs) and it's it's porn it's porn nothing's real
0: in porn people like really yeah (laughs) do not get your education there
1: (laughs) right right I mean granted there's been a couple of times where I've at least gone okay he it looks like that was interesting. Like it looks like how they got in that, that scenario looks kind of interesting. So maybe let me try that. But like my version and you know, with my partner is completely different to what happened there. <laughs> and you still try to find the fun in it. Um, I, you know, I grew up with uh, hiding the porn type stuff. So uh, I like to take the good from it.
0: Granted, cool.
1: I, I am not, um, there were times where I was like, yeah, I'm never going to be able to do that thing. Like, <laughs> That's way in her throat. Holy shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's like some of the things you're like, these These are like the circus performers, you know, the contortionists and, you know, these are not your average people. These are high level athletes. Just, they happen to be in porn.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it is. That's yeah. A, it can be entertaining. It, can it definitely be. can be entertaining depending on what your kink is. Right. Yes. So, you know, you've kind
0: of transitioned from, you know, being on the cruise ship and running these big art expositions, and now you're teaching about sex. So help the listeners out find, you know, like, whoa, where's the gap here?
1: <laughs> As you say it too, you know, it is, it was a big transition. I had a a connection with sex and sexuality and biology. And I went into studying science. You know, I went to the University of Southern Mississippi, got my degree in biology and biological sciences with a concentration in forensics, because that's what I thought that I was going to do. And I was so gung ho for it. Uh, And then as I got older and, and when I didn't say older, but (laughs) <laughs> started progressing in my degree, realizing how much student loan debt was happy, happening and uh, the amount of money, and how I was going to have to go back to school to just continue pursuing in that direction. I wound up changing things around. I was mostly obsessed with, because this is where the, the forensics gets kind of sprinkled in there, is, um, is people who commit just basically forensic profiling. Mm -hmm. I wanted to find, I wanted to help figure out the psyche of the people who were committing these crimes and why. And I I remember doing my, one of these really big projects when I was still in high school, it was all about Jeffrey Dahmer. And I was so interested in the reason why he was doing what he was doing Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and why he was killing the people that he was killing and the sexual component and the psychology of it all and everything. And I just loved it. And I thought if I could do this every day, I would do it. I would study this little did I know that it takes a really long time to become a forensic profiler And (laughs) and they don't make that much money, especially in the very beginning But anyway, with all that said I still gave it a shot In college and then I I switched everything around and thought that I was gonna, you know Switch my degree enough to where I could then pursue medically related something or other because it seemed the safe route Mm -hmm. When I finally graduated I went on a cruise with my mother and my sister And it was our graduation cruise. My sister graduated with her master's degree and mine with my my bachelor's. And this was like our little girl's trip. And um, so we all went and I fell in love while I was on the ship. And with a crew member who was brand new and Mm -hmm. from South Africa. And about two weeks after we met, he asked me to join him. And just about a month or so after that, I said, screw it. I'm going to stop applying for grad school. And I joined him about 4 years in we split and then I did another 2 years on my own but the fact was that he was the he was in the art department and that's where the art comes in and I I had to completely switch gears in order for me to get accepted into this company and to represent them I had to start studying art at a rapid speed mm. Uh, so I just started absorbing as much art information as I possibly could. And the, the very beginning, it wasn't required that I needed that much um, knowledge. I, I basically just looked to the people who were running the show to answer for me if I didn't know something. And then, you know, swiftly as I progressed with that, I wound up, getting and gaining enough information i probably could go back to school and take all of the tests for um you know a minor in art and winds up have, have self-educating myself wow to that capacity um but i will tell you that the majority of the art that i was absolutely fascinated with was the stuff that came from the sexual revolution it was the stories of of um you know sexual revolution 60s and 70s but even before then the great masters what I liked the most about their stories was chances are if I liked them, they had some kind of sexual issues going on. <laughs> like it was just a thing for me. I just fascinated by it, you know, yeah. and I guess I thought that it's sex and so everyone's fascinated by it, but you know, it's, um, I guess not the case. Anyway, I, I left the, I only left my job as an art director because at, I had this kind of incredible sexual spiritual awakening over after the breakup and I just remember when it was happening the breakthroughs that I had going on in my life When I finally accepted me for me started loving me again after the breakup and everything had all the transitions that i'd gone through wound up Completely broke with tons of debt lost You know, I had to change all my positions within the company and I thought I wasn't gonna have anything It was just a really really deep low and how I wound up maintaining the upswing was That I connected with myself and my sexuality and I I shed a lot of what I believed relationships and life had to be like and adopted a new mentality of I'm going to do what works for me. Mm. So it was the first time I, it was, at, you know, in this this interim period here where I said I no longer believe that monogamy is something that I am going to practice because it doesn't work. It doesn't work for the people over and over again. It wasn't working for the people on the other side of my relationship if it was, you know, me and, and one other uh, male partner, it wasn't working, and I, if I really looked into myself, I was sure I was maintaining monogamy, um, that monogamous structure, but it was hurting me to do it, and I held that over the other person's head every time they did wrong, even when, as soon as I closed my eyes, I was thinking of someone else or whatever the case, right? That that happens a lot, but I also wound up in in with the person that I was engaged to and the person that I met and I fell in love with, like we were in a sexless relationship our last year, maybe even longer, you know, under 11 times per year at 24 years old, I was there, you know, people wow. talk about that sexless relationships in there and they're you know, 15 years, 20 years married that that happens. No, that happens. Yeah. Any, that can happen anytime. Mm-hmm. So I just had a lot of things that I, I broke free of. And I thought like, this is a non-negotiable for me. I must be able to be my creative sexual self. Mm-hmm. unapologetically and i want you know i figured out a way to be able to just embrace other people exactly mm-hmm. as they are for what they meet them where they where they are and if they want to start a relationship with me that's a whole different story but people in general i accepted them and um i actually started taking uh, sex sexuality and the energy around it and the talking about it and the openness i brought it into my business with my teams that i was leading and all of a sudden my team started performing much better.
0: Isn't that cool?
1: Yeah. And that's when I, when I talk about, you know, coming from that place, like everything changes when you have someone that tells you, you, it's okay. It, you may feel like you're not normal and that's fine, but it's completely like your thing that makes, that makes you think that you're not normal. The next person right on the side of you has their version as well. And and sex and relationships and love is something that will re- weigh on your mind no matter what else happens in your life. So we have an amazing, you know, voyage where we have all this money. Everybody's making all this money. But the third member of our team just found out that her boyfriend back at home cheated on her. Mm. So no matter how much money she makes and no matter how much love the rest of the team has, she is still down, you know, but continuously opening the conversation and then it 's just interesting, right continuously always having that bond where she never felt like i mean this is those, you know just imaginary yeah. uh, that that she can come to us as like a family, but there are clear boundaries that we 're you know on a business team, but you can come to us in a in a sense of you can talk about your sex life, you can talk about your sexuality, you can talk freely about your relationship, and there 's a pressure that is removed, and you always know as a manager, you always know what 's going on, you always know okay so this person on my team is not performing today. I can just about guarantee that it is something to do with sex level relationships, wow. you know, and, and if you probe, if you give them space, chances are, and what happens, you speak about it, you feel better, you work better, you have people that are on your side. So um, eventually I wound up doing really, really well with my position on the ship's and uh i had a lot of other people men and women included that would come to me and say what are you doing because it was all about teamwork if you everybody knew if you didn't have a team you know we were living like 6 months at a time with each other mm-hmm. And, you know, people were falling in and out of love. If you were single on a ship, ooh, you are a kid in a candy store. <laughs> people are coming and going. You got 60-some-odd nationalities represented. You got every flavor of penis. You've got every flavor of vagina. You have got every flavor of everything, or vulva, I should say. Uh, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and that is the truth. And you have a crew bar where drinks are a dollar, and you, everybody has a bed.
0: <laughs> and no one's driving and no one's driving oh my goodness yeah yeah
1: so, so
0: yeah I had never thought of it that way but yeah that is really you know the ultimate setting if you want to have lots of sex
1: oh yeah <laughs> yes. absolutely and the, the the women that come on board too they they a lot of times you just have this fantasy of hooking up with a crew member a male crew member you know an officer or something it's always so fun <laughs> to be on the other side but um yeah. I mean, I wound up having a lot of people ask me, how are you, how are you doing so well financially? And, you know, with your job and everything, how, and then I'd say, you're not even going to believe it. We talk about sex all the time. I encourage it. <laughs> Relationships <laughs> was happening. You know, like that was the thing that I just, yeah. that was the shift that, you know, myself and some of my other, you know, assistant managers that we, we talk about it. We're like, this is really crazy. Yeah. And So I wound up helping a lot of people in the process when I got off of my last ship, I was intending to go back, but so many people said, you need to just keep doing this. Yeah. You need to keep telling people about this, you know? And, uh, and then I wound up starting the violet butterfly, um, which was a, at that time I was having a hard time with putting out because like I, like we were talking about before, I I became a different person, Mm -hmm. even talking about these things from a very authoritative, authoritative place and knowing put me in a room with my family. And all of a sudden, I don't know shit. <laughs>
0: family great for that.
1: Oh yeah. And friends, who yeah. are you? You know, yes. that's kind of the vibe. So, um, anyway, I had a hard time coming out with social media cause I was going to make a business with it. I needed to be out there with it. Yeah. Be out there. And so I started the violet butterfly and you know, I talk about it now as kind of like my cloak, I didn't really want anybody, I like, they knew that it was mine, but if you found the violet butterfly or the blogs or the things that I was writing, it was like, I was kind of hiding under it. And Mm. um, recently I've separated myself. Like I'm letting the violet butterfly morph into what it wants to. And I am continuing to do what I'm doing with the coaching and the workshops and courses and speaking. Um, I'm getting deep into the nitty gritty of sex education reformation You know, because I think that uh, really, and I'm sure that you'd agree too, it'd be really amazing if we had comprehensive, pleasure-based, queer, kink, BDSM, all full-spectrum sexuality, inclusive sex education that is age-appropriate. Yes. All globally. That'd be amazing. Yeah. But that's just not the way that it goes. And I want to be one of those people that, you know, at the end of my life, and they say, what did you do? I helped to change this, to make it to where people can connect with themselves and live those really sexy, spicy, or heart-centered, whatever you want to do, whether it's more spiritual or whether it's more edgy, whatever, or you've got the nice blend. Yeah. You want to be involved in that. I love it. I love it. It, This is – and it's
0: it's, it's so vital. Like I really see how, you know, when you get people talking about sex and talking about relationships, I mean, this is – this is your base chakra root stuff, right? It's it's yeah. that core piece that... Root and sacral, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, that's that forming the connection with people and feeling like you have stability. So it, it's natural that that kind of thing would lend itself to everything else. Everything opens up, you know, and I, I talk a lot about, you know, the sexual energy and pulling that out into your body and utilizing that. Absolutely. Because it's so powerful. And knowledge.
1: To, knowledge. Knowledge is the first step. Oh
0: yeah. Cause you know, we, we have all this stuff around sex and, and people, you know, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to get, you know, dealing with specifics. And yet somehow when we go to the bedroom with somebody that we're supposed to magically know how to do it, how to turn them on, how to pleasure them, how to be pleasured, how to receive pleasure. And you know, it's supposed to all just work. And if it doesn't work, then oh, it must be the wrong partner. Right. And yet you know, it's like, how can you possibly know what to do if nobody's properly been educated?
1: Exactly. And, you know, the craziest part, I think, too, is especially for women, we're not even taught how our bodies really function, even from a biological standpoint, even if you get accurate, medically, you know, uh, accurate sex education, you still are not told the whole picture. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people, especially women, are not sure They're not, they don't even know what their body does, which is one of the parts when you say, when I say like sexual spiritual awakening, you know, to have one of those mind blowing when it's really quote unquote mind expansion kind of orgasms, Mm. you literally go to another planet, but you can't do it unless you know your body. Yeah. and you're
0: comfortable in your body and then that you know all of those pieces oh my god so i'm (laughs) i'm (laughs) i know we could talk for another hour at least so i'm i'm assuming that the the violet butterfly has some great blogs for specific information or maybe areas that you can direct people to once they get there yeah Um, absolutely yeah and then of course if people want to reach out and connect with you directly what's what's the best route what how do you want to direct them
1: well, I, my largest social media, uh, I would say engagement activity is going to be the Facebook as a, as well, I said the Facebook, Facebook as, <laughs> as a platform. So I'm, I'm very present on my Facebook, on my personal page. That's where I started out launch, you know, basically putting out some of my, my material. But, um, so Facebook, I've got an Instagram, um, and I'll give you all of those things. Yeah. Those will all be in the show notes. We can, yeah, in the yeah. show notes. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm on, I'm on there too. I've got a really cool Snapchat that I just started, um, called sex ed Lex. Oh, and cool. And it's geared for like 16 to 18 year old and up. And it's daily sexually, sexuality empowerment, daily sex education, just a, some tidbits, that you can get, you know, when you're playing around on Snapchat, because I know that the younger generation is there. So I just have Sex Ed Lex is um, one of my Snapchat handles. And the Violet Butterfly is starting to shift into, I had a lot of people ask me if they could, guest blog, if they, if I could feature, you know, a piece of their work or something like that on the blog. And at first, uh, the violet butterfly was just my narcissistic business card. (laughs) (laughs) That that was digitally, that was digital. So, um, so at first it, it felt weird, you know? And, um, so I kept saying no for a while and eventually I just thought to myself, why am I saying no? Because it feels right. And so I completely just, um, I'm, I'm hiring editors to come in and I'm hiring people to go and graphically make it to where it can flow and people can use that as a platform. You know, it gets, it gets activity. I have cool quizzes that are coming out that you, you can play. It's going to be very interactive. And then people that, that are, you know, supplying content, uh, I will bring them onto my podcast and that will be on there as well. So it's going to be very sex, love and relationship oriented, but all from a personal story perspective. So that's that's the the Violet Butterfly. You know, if you wind up checking it out now, and then you check it out in say two weeks or six months, it's going to be completely different. So I love that. Personally, it's alexainmartinez.com.
0: Fantastic. Oh,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Alexa, it is a delight to speak with you as always, and I'm so (laughs) glad that you came on the show and and people could get a chance to meet you because I think there's real value in you know seeing more and more examples of people who are willing to be real, authentic, and, you know, even in, you know, areas that are more edgy. So, you know, if you and I can show up in these really edgy topics, um, like it should inspire the rest of the listeners that you can show up and be edgy in whatever it is that you're doing. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you get into that inner dominatrix thing, and you step into that space and you can feel it radiating and going through your body, through your veins. You feel it coming out of your fingertips and everything you touch is affected by it. You are made of magic. Mm. And really owning that, you know, connecting with you as a sexual being, getting the knowledge, right? You can't live in the dark forever. No. You know, unless that's your fetish, but still. Still. <laughs> hey, there's something you know for I mean? everybody. <laughs> it, it was metaphorical. You know what it is. But, you know, tap, tapping into that. You know, I see you become a sex geek for a little while. Figure out what some of your preferences are. Yeah, some exploration, some personal exploration. Have fun with your masturbation. You know, self pleasure time, and uh, and then use that. Use that energy. Use that magic to create wonderful things in the mm-hmm. world. Yeah.
0: Ugh. Okay. We better wrap it up. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show. Of course, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for tuning in to the Inner Dominatrix, the show that lets you step into your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to tell your friends about it. And if you're ready to own your inner dominatrix, then hop over to my website, innerdominatrix.com, and let's have a conversation to get you rocking your bold, sexy, fun-filled life.